Hey everybody, Overnight Show, latest episode, I can't remember what number we're on at this moment. Uh, I'm here with the hosts of The Vibes Podcast, and I'm also sitting with Pablo Arias. Super dope, uh, just content machine at this point, pumping out content like all the fucking time. Uh, so if you want to give yourself a brief intro. Uh, thank you, Meta. You know, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you bringing me on. I think it'll be a lot of fun to like, you know, go over some topics, just like have a nice chill talk and uh you know i'm also stoked to meet the guys from like the vibes podcast so it's uh it'll be a fun time i think very cool very cool um just a preface overnight show no cuts podcast anything you say is gonna stay in here if you get canceled not my like responsibility at all same thing goes with the vibes um i have no affiliation directly (laughs) podcast wise um listen i'll take the heat for anything i say i I wear it with pride uh, I'd like to just kind of just jump into what drove you into getting into photography, cine- cinematography, cine- cinematography, cinematography, that's the word, <laughs> um, and just everything in that realm, because I know you've been doing some pretty awesome stuff recently, so when did that click for you? Because I'm assuming you worked a job before, and you transitioned into doing all of this. Yeah, so... For me personally, it was just a class that I took uh, in high school because I wanted to have an easy A. So I took TV productions um, over at PV and it was an easy class at first. And, you know, I didn't really think much of it. And to be honest, I also didn't even learn too much because I remember, you know, a lot of the things were like group projects. And for some reason, the guys I was in groups with would always just take charge and fuck around and I would like just sit and watch what you were doing. So I kind of just observed a lot, but I really started to develop like, you know, um, I would say like an interest in video production in general, probably uh, my junior year of high school. So when I was like 17, that's when I bought myself my first camera and, you know, I wanted to just fuck around because you know, I, I like to make like skits, parodies, and that stuff kind of always just interested me. And that's kind of how it started for me. Just like I was just messing around as a kid. You like SNL? Uh, I'm actually not a huge SNL fan, but no? I, I do watch it occasionally. I actually, that's interesting because I actually have two friends that have done like acting gigs on SNL. Yeah, um, I've been doing stuff with uh, the late night show here at uh, William Patterson. Oh, really? Yeah. How's that going? It's going all right. You like it? Not really, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to the late night class that we're going to have uh, right. starting next week. Super excited for that. Right. And how, how's that going? Like, how's the how's the class dynamic? That's fun. You know, we got a lot of guys that are interested in this kind of thing. A lot of people with lots of TV experience who are excited to get into it. So I'm really excited for it. Right, right. And I actually didn't ask you before, but what uh, other than like podcasting, what do you do? Um, I play games. Uh. I teach snowboarding for a living. The best snowboard instructor in New Jersey. Dude, really? Yeah. The best. That's well, crazy. I, w- I wouldn't say the best. No, it's the best. One of the best. Absolutely. The best. That's actually pretty sick, dude. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't snowboard often. I like I snowboard, I snowboard at least like once a season. And I've been doing that for like the last five seasons. But, uh, dude, I definitely want to get better at it. So yeah. let me know sometime. Yeah, you know Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, dude. One of the best things you could do is ride with people that are a lot better than you. Right, right. You pick off on what they're doing, and you add it to your riding. Right, dude. Like, let me tell you, from when I started working, I my riding has gotten completely better. Right, dude, 100%. Like, completely better. 
Like I, I even met a pro snowboarder and taught him how to ride a, a really? ski bike. Dude, that's wild. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. I still get anxious sometimes, but it's fun. It is. A lot of fun. Word, dude. Word. It's like a little rush of uh, adre- adrenaline. Yeah, you would know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> this dude tried to learn snowboarding. Didn't go well for him. I went on the hardest trail. Really? Yeah. One of them. The, like the, the diamonds? Mm. No, he went to the terrain park. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. I think I cracked something in my back. Probably did. Happens to the best of us. It's really, it really does. It really does. I slammed my hip the other day. Uh, no. Dude, at least Ouch. you made it out alive. Yeah. <laughs> the bruise is gone, thankfully. Uh, all right. Jumping back to uh, the topic. Uh, what were you doing before getting into into photography? Like, were you working a stable job or? Uh, so in high school, I was just so when I started, like, you know, when I actually had an interest and I was like messing around with like photography with my camera that I got when I was in high school, um, I was working a job as a waiter. And, you know, eventually I graduated and I was working at the mall at uh, a Hollister uh, here in Wayne. And it wasn't, like, a stable job because, like, the hours weren't, like, crazy good. But, like, it was something. And I was used to, like, you know, at least getting, like, a few hundred dollars, like, every two weeks. Um, Would you use majority of that money to fund your hobby? uh, Honestly, yeah. And that's, like, you know, that's probably one of the biggest things you'll see in the industry that, like, people just buy gear even when they don't need it. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it it definitely was. um, it, It definitely was something that, you know. Uh, I did while well, I uh, worked at Hollister. I just funded my uh, my your addiction. I, yeah, my addiction, pretty much. Um, the work that you do is is super high quality. If you um, if you just look at it from afar, even up close, you could tell that I would consider you a pro at this point with what you do, uh, and that definitely correlates to the work that you do. What's your creative process when it comes to getting an idea and executing the idea um so really for me that's um it's it's very different because my creative process is different when it comes to doing passion projects when i'm just like messing around and i want to like do some like cool type of content piece but it also changes when it's like for a client and now i have to like adjust my creative process for their own vision and i kind of have to like work hand in hand with what they want to see and what I'm able to provide, so that's that's pretty much how it um, like that's how it goes. But I would say for like my passion projects, if if I want to go into that, it's um, you know I, I get an idea in my head usually through a sound, an image, or a video that I'm seeing on like you know TV, social media. Uh, I'll see something or hear something, and I'll instantly picture something in my head. And I'll be like, dude, this could be fire. Like if I this did it work. this way. Yeah. So then once I have the idea in my head, I'll start planning out a little bit like a location. Like I'll try to find a, a suitable location for what I'm thinking. Um, if I need someone to help me make the video, I'll you know reach out to them. And then usually for like my own passion projects, it's mostly run and gun. So I don't put like too much planning in it unless it's obviously something big. But most of the stuff on my social media is something that I just do run and gun and I just think about on the spot. Very cool. Uh, I did want to talk to you about the freelancing industry. You started off as a freelancer and in some way you are still a freelancer. But do you have any tips for somebody that's like getting into photography that could be uh, relating to the gear that they should get to 
who to avoid, who to work with. Right, I right. I just put everybody on blast. Just kind of go for it. Yeah, yeah, no. So um Yeah, fuck them, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh pretty much um I would say if you're starting off uh just in photography or video, it's definitely you know, if you have your own camera, I think the best thing you could do right away is to master your, your uh your camera. You gotta really learn the ins and outs, uh learn composition, learn lighting, learn, you know, different skin tones, learn Would you recommend to shoot on auto? Don't shoot on auto, bro. <laughs> I was about to say, that goes for anyone that does anything with cameras. Do not use auto. Yeah, bro. You want to... Yeah, no. I don't, like, I mean, if you're a hobbyist and you don't really care, like, I don't know, like... So what's the... It works. Like the dad. Uh, yeah, like, you know, in, like, you, like, see back, like, to, like, the 80s, 70s, 60s with all those, like, Super 8 vintage cameras. Those were just dad, like, dad just picking up a camera, shooting. So at that point, like, you know, auto's fine. But, like, I, I guess if you want to, like, you know, make money... <laughs> just not you don't use auto you want to make money yeah yeah that won't pay the bills exactly um yeah going back to uh to the gear that they should get right so if you're starting off definitely get something small like you know if you're a photographer get yourself uh you know a type of photography tripod camera a flash if you want and i think that's pretty much all you need to get started video wise pretty much the same thing you know a camera maybe um two lenses uh, and a tripod it doesn't have to be anything expensive just something that you could work with you know what i mean what mm-hmm. kind of camera would you recommend for most people so if like you know i'll definitely recommend an entry-level camera for hobbyists and if you're just someone that's just getting into it and you want to make a career so i would assume well i i, I would I personally am a Canon fanboy, so okay, and I, I definitely <laughs> will get shit on that. There's a lot of those because you know Sony's like killing it, and I'm not gonna like, yeah, they I'm are. Not gonna lie, they're killing it. Um, but like Canon colors, man, I, I tell my boys all the time, they're all Sony fanboys, and the only thing I could say is Canon colors because it, it has really nice. Uh, the color science is really nice, like the skin tones are just completely different. Um, but you know, something like a, a Rebel series Canon camera would be good. Uh, one of the Canon or Sony DSLRs are pretty good. It's probably like run you like 400 bucks. That's pretty basic. And that'll usually come with a kit lens. So if you're looking to get an entry level camera, I think something like that. It's pretty, pretty solid. Pretty yeah, dude. So I, I do have a Rebel T7. Um, I may not be using it correctly, but I feel like my phone takes better quality pictures than it. Uh, maybe it has something to do with the lens that's on it at the moment, but I have a 14 Pro Max, and I feel like that 48 megapixel camera kind of just outshines it just a little bit. Apple so, definitely stepped up their game. 100. Well, Apple yeah. has definitely stepped up their game, and a lot of content you see out there right now is literally being shot on a phone. Yeah. Uh, the only difference with the Rebel right now is that obviously you, it obviously the iPhone 14 has better image quality definitely it, it has more like manual options now where you could like actually adjust settings and not have the phone do it automatically for you but if you want to you know obviously get better at like using a camera definitely use a camera and with the rebel that you have right now you know just look up videos like on how to like you know adjust settings manually and how to really like just learn the camera and then eventually you'll master it and you could definitely start matching it up better with the with the camera you have now on your on your uh, iPhone 14. So let's say you get a lens dialed into exactly how you want it. 
if you swap out another lens, do you have to kind of repeat that process and save all those settings? Or is it like a plug and play with different lenses? Yeah. So basically, if, if let's say um, you're recording a video and you have all these settings dialed in, but the, the focal length of the length of the lens is like 35 millimeters. But now you want to switch up the shot and you want to get like an 85, you want to put an 85 millimeter lens on it. Um, depending on the lens, usually some lenses like uh, 35 will go higher, will have a higher f-stop, which will allow more light into the lens. So you might just have to adjust your aperture or your f-stop just a little bit if you switch out to an 85. But other than that, it should, you know, the settings will be the same for the most part. Very cool. Um, jumping back into the main question. Uh, in this industry, I'm assuming a lot of people like to take advantage of a lot of new and up and coming photographers and everything. Do you have a specific company, major company? Let's not put any like local businesses, all the, like businesses on blast, but any um, any major companies that like kind of shun their interns or anybody kind of getting into the field. Well, I would say. Definitely every single real estate company that's out there will screw you over. And it's literally a dog eat dog world out there. They're for those, greedy bastards. For those videographers yeah. and photographers. Greedy really, every way. bastards. Really, it's like you got. So if you have a camera and a pulse, you know, they're they're They'll try to get you. Right. But then as soon as and they'll charge you, like, let's say maybe you're new and you have a camera and you've been using it for like a few months and you reach out to a real estate agent, you know, it might work out a deal might give you like a few hundred bucks like 300 but then a new guy with a new camera will come in and he'll offer 200 and they'll just completely kick you to the like exactly yeah and not only that but now you can't compete because you can't do less than 300 because that's how much you know you need to like make to get your meet. shit going yeah yeah or get your shit going and now this guy's charging 200 dollars, and he's an he's inexperienced and he doesn't know any better so they're gonna pick him over you because they're just trying to get their shots. They don't really, they don't really care about too much about like the quality. Because it's just real estate shots. It's not like yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's not like you're you're setting it up to look that good. Right, like right. it just needs to show what they want to see. Right, and right. Pretty much, they just do whatever the fuck they want with it. Exactly. So it's like and screw the guy that took it. Exactly. Like 100%. we we don't care. We just want the product. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a it's a dangerous world out there for the for these for these new guys. And I would say. If you're starting off as a freelancer, definitely be wary of like people like this, but also know your worth as a freelancer. And if you think you're doing good work and, you know, you're putting like hard work into your craft, definitely, you know, take some time to really look at your prices and, you know, charge what you think is fair. Fair to your quality of work. But you also exactly. can be charging like an outrageous amount because then nobody would hire you. So what, what do you think is a good starting point to be charging? So it depends because so that that's actually very interesting that you said that because there's sometimes, you know, uh, let's say, uh, I don't know, let's say like a nail salon, uh, a new nail, nail salon just opens up and and they have all these plans for their social media. They want to do this, they want to do that. And, you know, you're fairly experienced. You have to take into account that the scope of their project could be huge like they could be asking for website photos social media photos like videos all that stuff and you really do have to take in cons into consideration that not only you're not just like 
showing up, shooting something, and you're out. You got to edit it. You got to plan it. So all this planning beforehand, all this talking back and forth with the client, then actually the, and then the actual day of like shooting, and then afterwards all the post-production, the editing, the revisions, all of that has to be taken into account. And it's like most of the time when you're new, you're going to get like, you're, you're going to get low-balled. So I, I would say hold your ground and really like, you know, if they're fighting back and forth with your price, you know, in, in that case, if you think that you're getting lowballed, I would say hold your ground. Yeah. Fight for it. Yeah. Really if fight for it. If you think you deserve worth. it, earn it. Exactly, dude. And, and that only, and that I believe raises their outlook on you. Like they'll think of you better because they're not thinking, oh, this kid is just starting off. So he's just charging you know, the least amount, he's just what, trying to make whatever something. Whatever he can get, yeah. Right, but if you see this kid that, you know, he's fairly experienced and he's charging, like, a fair amount, you know, not super lowball, you're going to be like, oh, okay, this this kid is charging, like, $500 for this, you know, for this video. I think that's pretty fair. And, you know, by the looks of it, obviously, if he's paying, if charging $500, it's because he's doing, you know, he's doing pretty good work. Now, what were your prices like when you, I guess, started getting some type of expo- exposure? Yeah. Uh, nothing crazy to like the scale of what you're doing now, but I guess the um, super beginner freelancer to the intermediate freelancer. Yeah. So I will say this: that when I first started freelancing, one of my first gigs. Right now, at this point, I think like looking back at the scope of the project and the scope of the video and the hours put in, it's easily an eight hundred dollar to like a couple, like maybe like probably $1,200 at most. Uh, that's what I should have charged at the, back at that time. And it also should have been a multiple day thing. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I didn't know any better. I just kind of showed up with my camera. I was like, let's get this done. I didn't even talk about prices beforehand. So I oh, literally... Big oof. mistake. Big mistake, oof. exactly. Oh. And it's one of those things where like, you know, it's a, it's a learning... It's a learning experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I didn't talk about... uh like you know payment before i i just said yo i'll do this video for you i showed up put about eight maybe like yeah eight hours of actual video like shooting i was there for eight hours literally shooting and on top of that you know i obviously planned it out a little bit beforehand and then editing afterwards took me forever so and (laughs) the amount of money i made on that was like nothing it was like i believe like a hundred thirty bucks, really? From, yeah. From to, but is that eight to twelve hundred dollar range, based on the experience that you have now, or based on the experience that you had when you first did that gig? Good question. Uh, it would definitely be ex- based on the experience I have now. But I think my capabilities back then, you know, should have at least amounted to like at least six hundred, seven hundred dollars. Because okay. I'm doing this video for you and you know I'm fairly like I'm fairly new to the the whole thing but like you're not going to keep me around like I'm I'm looking at it from a client perspective and just like a human perspective you're screwing this kid over you know what I mean you're going to make him like hate this fucking like business right by like never want to do anything ever exactly, again exactly like you're like it's it's all about I feel like it's all about helping people out like you you rub my back or you scratch my back you know I scratch yours and in that sense I feel like you know it, it's unfair and that's what probably kills a lot of motivation early on for most people. But, you know, it's also a part of like, you know, overcoming adversity. And I feel like, you know, eventually I did that, but it was definitely something that, you know, I struggled with initially. 
would you feel like it's a rite of passage in a way? Like every like beginner photographer, freelancer kind of has to get screwed over at, at some point to eventually um, make it big or kind of get treated fairly. A hundred percent, dude. I do you win like, some? Do you lose yeah, some? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. I feel like it's always you're losing at first, and then eventually, you know. I think the biggest thing is uh, networking because eventually you network with someone that knows what they're doing. And, you know, the, you talk to them and they tell you, how much are you charging? And, and they're like, they're that's like, way too low. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you know, that's how you really begin to, uh, you know, expand your horizons. You really uh, you realize, like, wh- how much you should be charging for, like, like stuff like pre-production. Because that's one of the, the most overlooked things. There's a oh, lot yeah. that goes into planning. Yeah, and a whole lot. Like, let me, let me tell you, for a decently sized, like, video... You do a lot of like scripting, planning stuff out, getting shot lists, all that. Probably if you do like a 10 minute video, it's probably going to take you an extra like 30 to an hour in pre-production and 30 to an hour to for post-production. Exactly. It's it's just um people don't know how long it really takes. Exactly. Do you think it's just like do you think it's just showing up with your camera Press and record and then leaving. And it's then the not. Videos out. It's it's so it's like it's like a, it's a job. It's uh yeah, it's as much as like any other job. Uh, I'd I'd also like to talk about the work that you've done recently. Uh, so what was your favorite project that you've done recently, either for a company or for an individual? Uh, kind of your preference at at this point. So, at this point, um, you know, I in the past like year and a half, I feel like I definitely have um. I scaled up and made it up like in the world and it's something that I didn't see myself doing and although I have been on some bigger projects lately I feel like the one that really got me over the uh like the fence with this whole thing was this project that I did back in May was for this it was actually for like a lingerie company Um, but it was like it it was a commercial it was like it was all professional (laughs) um it, it was a really cool time though it was you know actually getting into the building was hell because it was a six floor walk up in brooklyn and we had all this equipment Yikes. <laughs> yeah um but it was the first shoot where i really opened my eyes to like you know how good people can be in this in this um in this industry and not only that but it kind of showed me what i wanted to focus on currently in my in my career in video production and that's like you know i definitely want to be in the lighting department focusing on that so eventually when i do switch over to like dping i'll have you know both that uh, hand in hand because they go really do go hand in hand lighting and and obviously camera opting because you really gotta know how light works to even be yep. able to have a good image yeah dude so it's uh it, it definitely the you know the the bigger projects have been fun but i think that was the one that had the most impact on me recently uh what has been your biggest project so far other than that lingerie one <laughs> uh well my uh, biggest project uh, i'd say this one's about to be spicy <laughs> <laughs> um okay so other than the lot andre one well like what do you mean like just video or my personal projects or what uh, like production uh, anything project? anything you've done that you enjoy a lot um really okay i guess um so the latest thing that i did i was on two netflix shoots uh this past month or yeah this past month and a few and like two months back three months back back in november and it was a it was a really fun time 
you know, like I, f- I really feel like uh, I was like, I'm heading in the right direction. Um, we know with all this stuff and, you know, I'm really excited for what the future holds. It's still like, it's still a battle. Cause like, you know, there are dry months and stuff like that. And those dry months really do hurt, but like, you know, it's all part of the process. And eventually I think with what I think I'm capable, capable of, you know, I'll start branching out to like other types of businesses and, you know, I'll have like something really go- going for me. But I think what really fulfills me, like what I, I genuinely feel like feel fulfilled is, you know, when I'm on these like video, uh, like on these production shoots, on these like shoots where like I'm in the zone. I, I re- it really does fulfill me. Like at the end of the day, I feel like I feel fucking amazing. And then I go to bed just like fucking happy as fuck. No, it's awesome. That's dude. good that's, to hear. Yeah, yeah that's like exactly what you want from a career. It's the best feeling you could have. Mm, do you see yourself doing this like? long term long term until you retire uh so i definitely do my i definitely do see myself doing it for like you know the next like 10 15 years like the way i'm doing it now but i also want to you know i I don't want to also just rely on on solely this to make money i i like business just as much as you know the film industry so i want to like branch out into different business um yeah, I, I definitely want to tra- transition into different types of businesses, um, maybe real estate. I have some stuff that I'm working on currently, some some super low stuff. Like I want to keep it really on the low because it's it's pretty crazy, and my not not everyone might agree with what I'm doing, but um, care to share? I <laughs> nah, I can't share, but uh, you know, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, are yeah. you involved in any other business things that you that you can't share? Um that I can share. Yeah. So I have my own personal brand called Envision Media. And that's where I used to, I, I that's where I do my own work because obviously I freelance and, you know, I can freelance with other contractors and people hire me out. But when I want to like find my own clients, that's how I go about it. I, you know, I find them and I use my Envision Media brand to lock down those deals. It, it's just something to help build my portfolio. So when other companies do want to reach out to me, or they want to see some of my work, I could show them like this brand that I have. And, you know, you're using it more of as like a, like a personal collection of. Right, you. right, right, right. You want that to be like a re- good reflection of you. Exactly, or, exactly. Or some type of resume. Yeah. Like to your work. Pretty much. Yeah. I wanted to have some type of like, yeah, like a portfolio resume. And that's, yeah, that's how I, I funnel my own clients. And then, you know, I obviously have my personal page where, you know, I just mess around and post whatever hobbies. Um, other than photography and, and the entire realm, what else do you kind of enjoy doing in your day to day? Or if you could describe a day from like start to finish outside of what you do for photography. Yeah. So this, uh, my day to day, it's, uh, it can be pretty like different. Cause I have days where, you know, I wake up pretty early, go to school cause I am still in school. Um, are you studying film? Uh, no, I'm actually studying communications, but you know, I, like the offer film classes, but I feel like most of what I've learned is definitely from experience and working. Mm -hmm. Um, What school do you go to again? I go to Caldwell university. Okay. Yeah. In Caldwell. So, um, but day to day, I would say, you know, wake up, I go to the gym and if I don't go to the gym in the morning, I'll go like some other time in the day. Um, huh. This is actually pretty tricky. Um, I usually like to edit on my free time. So it's like, it's like, uh, I guess it's working, but it's, it's also not working sometimes because when it's something that I enjoy, you know, it's not work. In your editing process, do you feel yourself getting like 
super in the zone where you start at like at let's say two PM and then you look up and it's like ten o'clock already? So honestly, no, because when editing for me, obviously in the beginning, it's fun because I was just doing stuff like skits, like parodies, stuff that I like like I, I genuinely like thought was funny and like enjoyed. So maybe then it was, but when it like to be honest, when it's like actual client work, when it's stuff that needs to be done, sometimes it's pretty boring. So it it's it's very hard actually and that's why like um I'm working in this office space in Montclair now. And when I do go work, I actually go there because I feel like just getting out of my house is so much easier than... It's like, like go, it, you're like going to work instead exa- of like exactly, sitting at exactly. your house and like editing for hours on end. Yeah, because you get so easily distracted at your house. Like you have like everything available to you. So it's... Yeah, we're just like kind of going insane. Yeah, yeah I, dude. Get everything else to distract you. I did want to ask, what software do you use for editing? So I started off on Final Cut when I was in high school. Okay. But I pretty quickly transitioned to Premiere. I feel like for me it just fits my needs better. And obviously I have a I'm a Windows user, so and Final Cut yeah. is exclusive to Mac. But it, it's pretty good. Like Final Cut's good and I'm like um like I'm not fanboying over Premiere here. But uh Premiere, you know, it's been good to me. I, I, that's probably the one I know most. But I'm actually planning to switch in I'm planning on switching to DaVinci because it's it's uh, a good software. It's a good software and it's, it's free. Yeah. And if you're more of a video person, um, it's definitely something you should look into because, you know, you just get more, you're able to like go into more depth with like, for example, color. And that's probably the biggest thing about it. Yes. Color correction is huge. Right. And DaVinci is great for that. Exactly. They 100%. have a really good set of tools for that. Right. Yeah. 100%. Uh, going into the, like the tech space a little bit, uh, do you feel like companies like Adobe and, and I guess like Apple kind of upcharge their services? For stuff like this, because if you like a Final Cut, it's like three hundred dollars a license, not even like for a group of people. It's like three hundred dollars a person almost. Right, and yeah, so going into like the the whole tech thing, I feel like Final Cut. That's very fair because Adobe is a one. Adobe is not a one time payment; it's a monthly thing. Mm-hmm. And so I've definitely spent over $300 now having Premiere for like the last five years. But like luckily for me, like uh, I have, I'm a student, I've been a student this whole time. So I'm able to get like a, a pretty good discount, like as opposed to like, you know, regular people. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, DaVinci too, if you want to get like the super pro version, which isn't necessary, it's also about 300. But I feel like the one-time licenses is something that's, it's not bad. It's a good option if, if you want, you know what I mean? Do you feel like that's a fair price? I definitely do think like that's a fair price because most most like upscale like um, program software like that even like in other industries like you know audio if you want to get like Logic it's it's always going to be like something high like that yeah Logic Pro tools are expensive hundred percent I forgot what oh, I remember what I was going to say um, back to the editing software and everything. Have you ever played around with Sony Vegas by any chance or no? Sony Vegas? I, I've heard of it, but no, I actually, that's probably the only one that I haven't dabbled in at all. All right, because I when I used to make videos, I used to always use Sony Vegas. And yeah. like, I still remember everything from it. Um, I think yeah. I did dabble around with the Premiere. I think that's what it is. Right, right. Adobe Premiere. Premiere yeah. is good. I, that's what I learned yeah, through yeah. My, like, my film classes and all that. That's the one that they teach. The one that they also taught us was... um. Oh, what's it? What is it? Avid. Fuck 
Avid. Dude, I haven't even heard it. I mean, I think I have Dude, heard of it, it is, actually. Just put it Avid on the, blast. It's the worst <laughs> editing software you could ever use really yeah and i was forced to learn how to use it and it sucks yeah dude it's like just use premiere it works way better gets the same result yeah and it's industry standard so exactly. you might as well learn it so yeah so i personally enjoy using final cut uh just because of the fact that i could like airdrop a file to myself yeah like, I, I could finish editing everything and yeah. then just airdrop it to my phone or i think that's like anything the, else. the thing about mac that's that i i hate that windows doesn't have it, something like that but you know, it's it's whatever. I think that's probably the biggest one of the biggest things, like the ecosystem about like Apple and like you're able to do shit like that. And just yeah, because if you want to like email yourself a file, you can go over like a certain amount of gigs and then you gotta like and yeah, put that's it in a Google Drive. Part. And then when you put it in a Google Drive, you lose the quality, but with AirDrop you don't. So it's like you win some, you lose some. Very true. And also you have to pay for storage whenever yep. you do stuff like that too. Exactly. Um I feel like that's why most content creators do lean towards Mac just because it's so much easier to share your content. hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you do want to talk about? Any other points that you want to bring up? Um, so I would say bringing it all together, it's, um, you know, the whole video production thing and freelancing for me thing. And like, for me, it's something that I feel like if you really want to do it, you could do it. Cause for me, um, it came about like a change of mindset, especially in the beginning because I was struggling and I wasn't because I, I, I did stop doing it for a while because, you know, obviously COVID, but like at the same time, it just killed my motivation. Just like, say, not being able to, like that, yeah. yeah, not being able to make money, COVID, and it, it just really killed my motivation. But I feel like for me and for like, you know, if you really want to do it, it's all about a change of mindset of putting yourself out there, you know, just really like challenging yourself and eventually I really think if you put your mind to something, you're going to do it. Trust the process. Exactly. Trust Grind the it out. And even now, like, I'm not where I want to be at all. But, you know, I've gotten this far in about a year and a half of, like, taking it seriously. So, like, how much farther can I keep going? You know what I mean? Hell, if you could dream it, you could do it. Exactly, dude. Very true. Um, do you have any advice for up-and-coming freelancers? Like, some key points that you've learned through, like, the trials of like failing, succeeding and everything, anything to potentially anybody listening that does want to get into this field? Right. I think my biggest advice, obviously, um, uh, what I said earlier is master your craft and obviously the networking thing. Um, and you know, the business aspects, like, like look out for certain things and know your worth. But like, I think the biggest thing is definitely the networking thing because at the end of the day, if you're able to attract people to you and these people are also like-minded where they want to, you know, build themselves up, build their careers up, make money as well. You know, if you attract those types of people, um, you're all going to like make it like, you know, I have friends that I started off with um, and, and people that I know now, you know, we're all similar in age, but I can see that we're all like, we're all slowly transitioning from being like, obviously these, these new guys in the industry to like, you know, being guys that like people like, you know, look up to in a sense and like and aspire to be like. And, you know, I feel like I'm finally making that transition from like being a complete beginner. And so that uh, that all has come down to like just making um, you know good friendships, building rapport with people, because that's super important. And, and really, it's all networking, dude. That's I think uh, like anyone in any other industry will tell you the same thing, networking. The networking is definitely key to 
uh, everything. You know, it's it's always Any about field. yeah, it's always about who you know and not what you know most of the time. Yeah, hundred percent. And obviously, if you don't know something, you can always ask. You know, somebody exactly. that does know something. Yeah. Somebody will know. Somebody you know will know something. There's always the internet too. Exactly. Yeah, true. YouTube video away. 100%. TikTok. Yeah, dude. TikTok too. Instagram at this point. Facebook. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude, those nah, Twitter's a little wild. Though. Yeah, yeah Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. I stay wild. away from Twitter. It's like a war zone over there. Yeah, it yeah. is a war zone. But all these like social medias out, like Instagram, I would say Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook are probably the main ones where like, you know, if you're starting off and you want to post something, use it to your advantage because it's like a portfolio in itself, like having a social media account. Like social media is this tool almost. Think about it like a money making machine and it's just sitting there. You just got to take advantage of it. You just need to do it. Right. Uh, very cool. Uh, before we kind of sign off, do you have anything that you want to plug? Um, you know, maybe, you know, definitely check out Insomnia Media Group because it, it was a fun very time. Cool. Check out the vibes because I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing their, their episode. Yes, uh, sir. In, yes, in a sir. few minutes. Uh, and it's it's a, it's a been a cool time. And, you know, I guess check me out on Instagram, Pablo Arias. Um, underscore. Underscore. Yeah, yeah. Pablo Arias with two Don't forget S's. that. Yeah, and an <laughs> underscore. Never, never. And uh, Envision Media on uh, on Instagram as well. Awesome. Do you have um, on your account, do you have like a link tree or anything that we could check out any more content that you have? Uh, yeah. So I have a link tree right now, um, but the links aren't super updated. I am coming out with, uh, you know, a small portfolio website. And that's why I'm actually releasing this like cool little reel tomorrow uh, to kind of like um, show off a, a little demo of the actual demo uh, reel that will go up on the website. That's awesome. Sweet. All right. This has been the overnight show, and we'll catch everybody on the next episode. All right. Peace. Peace. Adios. Peace.